Yes, so I'm Caitlin, in case you're unaware. Um, I'm terrified, so just like so you're aware, I will use my hands a lot. Um, that's why I don't have a mic in my hand. So, um, but yeah, we're gonna, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a great time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, as we know, or I hope we know, our topic is Your Word in My Heart. And as I was thinking about this over the past couple of months, I was kind of thinking about how I don't have that, you know, life verse that has been with me for my whole life and has influenced my entire life. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, such a bad Christian. But um, it's fine. I have prayed about what verse I should use um, today and I still haven't chosen. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> In the Bible, there are many, many verses that say that God is with us. And I was kind of challenged to think about what that actually looks like. It's kind of become a cliche term for me sometimes because um, it just gets said to, so much. And it's really important to kind of look back on those cliche terms and look at what they really mean. So that's what I'm going to try and do today. Um, so uh, God is with us in everything that we do. Genesis 28, 15 starts, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. Psalm 121, 8 says, the Lord uh, will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. Emmanuel means God with us. Um, Joshua 1, 9 finishes, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I didn't just make it up. It is there. And <laughs> it is there so many more times. Um, but yeah, so what does this mean? Um, and for me, I feel that God is with me. And well, what I've tried to narrow down to three ways. Good old three-point sermon coming for you now. Um, <laughs> get excited. So yes, um, I'm not saying that God is only present in these three ways. Obviously, he is much greater. But we're going to go through what I have come up with here. So first of all is Father. Um, here's a nice picture of me and my dad uh, on our wee cookery school. Love, love that. Um, so, yes, God is our Father. Galatians 3, 26 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And for me, God as Father means he is say, saying, he's there saying, uh, you've got this, you can do it, uh, when we don't feel confident, as well as, you shouldn't really be doing that, when we're doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. Um He's also like our personal bodyguard, protecting us from um, from evils. And I don't know about your dads, but like definitely goes in the dad category for me. Um, but yeah, so I recently watched The Shack. I'm sure a lot of you have read or at least heard of it. Um, um, yes, and I kind of got, it was kind of a great um, picture of, um, what fatherly love is and it kind of gave me a really good insight into how the, the, God, the God in heaven loves us as his children and um, I mean what it really looks like um, for him to have sent his son to die for us and I think relating that to human a human really made it easy to comprehend um but knowing that he, even just knowing that he loves us so much more than that is really amazing so yes god loves us and is with us like a father so number two 
as friends. Look at this little cringy photo of me and my friends. <laughs> I, I thought it was so funny. Anyway, so, um, uh, yeah, so John 15 um, is what Jesus talks about how uh, we should love each other as he loves us um, and how we are his friend. I have no time to read it, but you can read it later. Trust me, it says that. Um, uh, so yeah, some people, I guess, see him as that friendly comfort in, in hard times. And I feel that God is sad when we're sad, but I also think that God is happy when we're happy. God is there with us laughing. Um, and it might seem weird to think that the almighty God in heaven is uh, laughing with us at a silly joke about dear knows what, but he is, he's there and he's happy uh, when we are happy. Um, uh, God made those happy memories happen. Um, God shows us joy and love and encourages us to show joy and love to others. And that's what good friends do, in case you weren't aware. Um, I, I sometimes think we don't encourage each other enough. And I try to do this as much as possible. But um, how often do we say in our heads or to the person beside us, oh, they're, they're a great singer or uh, they've lovely hair or whatever it might be. Um, but how often do we actually go up to that person and say, you have a great voice, um, your voice is lovely, just say that to them or your hair is lovely or whatever it might be. Uh, how many more people would be on the worship team if we all did that? <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's really important and it can be such an encouragement and it's a great way to show love to people around us and not just in church, um, but to people um, everywhere. And it's, it's just such an easy way to show love and I think we should kind of do that more often. Um, God encourages us um, and loves us and wants to be our friend and um, have the absolute banter. And uh, I'm sure you've heard this all before, but God has a sense of humor. And um, yeah, inviting him into our friendships can be really cool. So yeah. Thirdly, God is our partner. This isn't a photo that I took. I couldn't find one, but that would represent the partner uh, term. But here we are. Uh, <laughs> um Yes, so uh, what I kind of meant from this term of God is our partner um, was um, that God being with us is it's you and him better together, your partner in crime, well, without, without the crime part, but, you know, um, the two friends, you know those two inseparable friends that, like, if you invite one to your party, the other one will throw up even if you haven't invited them. Just, like, it's... It's you and him, um, a package deal. If you get me, you get Jesus too. Um, and now, most of you are married or in relationships. Um, and this isn't something that I can relate to. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am um, aware that this is a similar partnership as with um, your significant other and um you know, we're Christ's bride and all that. So I've, I've got that from somewhere. Um, but um, I'm going to take a quick minute to talk about singleness. And this is a kind of weird topic that nobody really knows how to approach. And Ali talked about it, I don't know where he is, but he talked about it a bit um, when we were going through Corinthians. And you can go listen to that podcast there, Ali. Um, <laughs> um, it's the one he talked about sex a lot in case that jogs anyone's memory. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, this is my perspective on singleness. And, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so yes, this is something I'm not gonna lie, I think about quite often. Like I'm with my other single friends looking at people in relationships and we feel sorry for ourselves and um, why couldn't I have that? But um, it's, it's kind of like, I don't think envy is quite the right word because we are really, uh, really want love that people are in relationships and it's such a blessing. Um, it's not that we don't want that for other people, but it's just that um, we want that for ourselves, I guess. Um, but I think it's we struggle to see the blessing that it is to be single. Um, it's not a curse, but an opportunity to focus on our partnership with God um, and what you have to share then with another significant other. You would have to share that relationship. Um, we should not squander the opportunities that God is giving us in the time that we are single. Uh, we don't know how long that's going to be, so we shouldn't be spending it in a time of, of waiting around uh, for that, but uh, to make the most of uh, what is. Um, and while, yes, this is an encouragement to those who are single in the room, um, it, I think it's really important for everyone to think about our attitudes towards singleness and people who are single. Um, and as a church family, we love to celebrate with each other, and we, we've done that this morning, but a lot of the time it is... Um, when people get married or have babies. And that's amazing. That's, don't get me wrong, that's an amazing blessing. But it's so important to think about as well. The rest of us. No, um, <laughs> um, I think it would be really cool to celebrate. Like, we've done it by today, so you kind of ruined my point. But uh, people getting jobs, people graduating and doing all that and getting on football teams or whatever it might be. And while that might not be quite... It, you know actually doable because this would just be so long um um but i think it would be really cool and we would love to celebrate everything with everybody but it might not be possible but anyway um i think it's just that we shouldn't look at marriage as something um to strive for and I th you've no idea how many times I have heard oh you'll find someone eventually and I'm like okay um <laughs> great thank you but we don't know how long our time of singleness is going to be um so it shouldn't be something that we are constantly looking forward to because even um marriage isn't just this happy place and everything's all great once you get married and um, I think we should really look make the most of the opportunity that it is to be single and to have that close relationship with God and we shouldn't squander our opportunities. Um, yeah, so focusing on what we can lack, what we lack can steal our joy and peace. Um, what we have is an opportunity and we shouldn't squander it. God wants to be our partner and he wants to be in relationship with us. And I'm just going to tell a little story about last year's Mission Week. So I... Before before Mission Week, I had signed up in February, but I was at university, so didn't wasn't able to go to any of the meetings beforehand. And I, none of my friends that were usually there were doing it this year, so I was like, oh no, it's gonna be awful. But um, <laughs> Beth Jones is here there. If Beth Jones wasn't doing it, I wouldn't have been there. But <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, it's going to be awful. I didn't write this story down, so this is going to be really long. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so 
I was so close to dropping out and just not doing it because I thought it would be awful because my friends weren't there. But it was the best mission week that I had done. And it was because I was able to totally focus on God and the reason that we were there and we were doing it and build that my relationship with God so much closer. And definitely push yourself outside that comfort zone because it really pushes you to grow your relationship with God. And he wants to have that relationship, that partnership with just you and him and uh, to really focus on um, on him. So yeah, to finish, uh, God is with us always and in everything. Um, he's not just a scary man in the sky telling us what to do, um, but he loves us unconditionally, guides us and protects us. He laughs with, with us, he calms our nor- nerves and our anger. He is our father, our friend and our partner. Yeah, so Paul asked me to speak in this series, Your Word in My Heart, um, and he asked me to pick out a passage or a verse which has kind of been speaking to me recently, what God's been speaking to me through, um, and what I've learned through that. And I think God has been speaking to me, so um, I'm excited to both share that with you, but also I'm quite nervous again, like Caitlin, because that means I'm up here. Um, So let's have grace for my potentially nervous delivery. Um, But... Yeah, so when Paul asked me that, I started by thinking back and looking over what's been kind of a strange transition year for me, um, moving back to Northern Ireland from when I was away from university. Um, And through that kind of time, I think Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 26 has really been speaking to me. Um, So it'll come up on the screen, um, but it's it's the NLT version. Um, So if you don't have that version with you, or if you don't have a wee device to access that version, it'll come up. yeah, let's just dive in and we'll, we'll read that. Um, so yeah. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? It's a pretty big, like Jesus is really throwing it down there. Um He's just asking for your whole life, so not that much really. Um, but yeah, I'm sure the idea of kind of giving up your whole life doesn't sound that appealing to you. You know, it's a Sunday morning, we're all maybe a wee bit tired. We've got a Sunday lunch to look forward to and a wee nap post, post-lunch. Um, so giving up your life doesn't sound that great. Um, but bad news for you is that it appears quite a bit in the Bible, um, this kind of message of, of sacrifice and surrender. So I think that means we kind of need to, to look at it and take it seriously. Um, there's loads of examples of it but another few I've picked out are Luke chapter 9 verse 59 to 62 and again I'll come up there Um, Jesus said to another man follow me but he replied Lord first let me go and bury my father Jesus said to him let the dead bury their own dead but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God still another said I will follow you Lord but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family Jesus replied no one puts a hand to the plow. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Again, pretty big. He doesn't hold back, Jesus. He really goes for it. Um, and again, later in Luke, um, chapter 18, 18 to 22, um, says, Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. 
But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, and honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. So those are just three of like many examples of Jesus kind of placing like a massive calling on us, just giving up everything, just doing a full 180 and going to follow him. Um, and let's be real, that isn't easy. Um, and this calling is just like so alien and like countercultural to us right now, um, where everything is like about the individual, every, like what works for you, what's best for you, just do whatever you feel. Um, and like we all say, there's well, maybe more for the younger generation, but we all say there's wee sayings of, you know, you do you, live your truth, follow your heart. Like I say them too. Um, and we say them as like a wee joke, but actually that is what society tells us. Um, it tells us to, to do whatever you want to do, whatever works for you. Um, and then we have here in the Bible Jesus saying totally different. Um, and that is just totally countercultural. Um, and so that isn't easy. So how can we do that in our, our 21st century um, Western society where so much of that emphasis is on individualism and um, our material possessions and our own comfort? Um, and maybe you're sitting there as well. I think it's easy to look, to look at these things and be like, maybe that's for someone else, maybe that's for the missionaries. But not going to lie to you, I don't think Jesus really gives us that option. Uh, he says at the start of Matthew, he says, if any of you wants to be my follower... He uses the word any, I'm afraid. Um, so if you're sitting there and you're like, if you would call yourself a Christian, if you'd like to follow Jesus, then I'm afraid to say that includes you too. Um, so it's something we really, we've really got to think about. Um, but also, I don't think these verses mean all of us have to go out and sell all of our possessions, give up our jobs, just ditch our families, um, and move to the third world or something. Maybe that will be for some of us, and that's great. That's what God will call you to. Um, but... If we all did that, then there'd be no one left here, and that defeats the purpose. Um, so, um, but yeah, what I do think there is in here for us is there's a call to surrender um, for, for all of us to kind of surrender our lives and reevaluate what we we're placing our hope in. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, I did struggle with that quite a lot this year because I, I think I really tried to hold on to my life. Um, and just as a wee preface, as I share my story, like um, people are going to find this message harder who've maybe had harder years or have lost a lot more and I'm not saying I've gone through the worst like absolutely not um, but I can only share what I've been through and where I'm coming from so go with me on that one um, but yeah as I said I moved home from uni um, last summer from Nottingham and I just absolutely loved my time there if anybody who relatively knows me will be able to say that is true because I never stopped talking about it um, and I would say I'm sorry but I'm not so get over it um, <laughs> It just, it just has such a profound effect on me um, and who I am now and, and my faith. It really changed me in a lot of ways. Um, but alas, as they say, all good things come to an end. Um, and yeah, when it came to the end of uni, through a lot of kind of prayer and discernment, which is, was a long process, and that's a story for another day because it took a long time, um, I did decide to move back to the homeland, back to my people. Um, <laughs> but also because I really thought God was in it. Um, but not because, just because God was in it didn't make it easy, um, and it was quite tough for a while. Um, 
So w whenever I left there, I left behind some amazing friends who, who loved me so well. Um, I lo left behind quite a big church um, with lots going on all the time, with massive social circles for me to kind of engage with and, and get on with. Um, and go with me. I don't mean this to come across wrong, um, but it's just kind of what I was going on in my head. Um, I, w I was quite well known as well. Um, I kind of led in like youth and student ministries, which were quite large at the time. And just part of the job came with kind of people knowing who you were. Um, and I, I think, uh, <laughs> maybe they'll say something differently, but I think I was seen quite well. I think people had a good view of me as kind of like a young leader in the church. Um, I'm not going to lie, I probably liked those parts a little bit too much. Um, so that was hard. Um, and whenever I moved home, it was quite a culture shock. I didn't have all these masses of friends. I did have some great friends, not Dutch news, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't constantly surrounded by these big circles of friends. Um, I wasn't that well known, I don't think. And uh, maybe I'm wrong again, maybe it's just in my head. But I think my reputation was maybe more as the youngest Johnston brother, um, which isn't bad. You guys are all right. Um, but yeah, like for a while it did, I did really miss all of those things and it really felt like I'd lost a bit of my life, which was quite, quite frustrating, quite hard and quite isolating. And so what do you do whenever you lose something? You set out trying to find it again. Um, so I, you know, I joined a few different small groups, put out a few feelers with potential friends, not to sound desperate. Um, <laughs> and you know, that post uni job hunt as well is just so fun. Love job hunting. Um, but yeah, like I told myself that once I get all those things in place, I'd be happy. Um, I'd be happy again. I'd be as happy as I was in Nottingham. Um, and, you know, the days, weeks, months passed. And you know what? I wasn't happy. Surprise, surprise. Um, I was still looking for a job um, and just kind of still felt like I was trying to find my place back here, back in Northern Ireland. Um, and so that was when I came across Matthew chapter 16. Just reading in my room, nothing that exciting. Um, and the line, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it, just really resonated with me because that's what exactly what I was trying to do. Um, I was kind of trying to reach out and find the things that I wanted. Um, and I was desperately trying to hold on to the life that I, I desired. And it increasingly felt like I was losing it, as I did. Um, and then reading on later, if you give up your life for my sake, you'll find it. That really hit me as well and challenged me because I wasn't doing that at all. I wasn't laying my life down. Um, I wasn't surrendering my life and I was placing my hope in you know, my reputation, in my job or lack thereof. <laughs> um, and as Caitlin said, in my relationship status as well um, and in my popularity and all that, that's where I was trying to find my hope and my happiness. Um, and so that was a big challenge. And after just sitting in this passage for a while, just kind of, it was just kind of on my mind for a good few weeks. Um, I think it kind of dawned on me, slash God showed me, whatever way you want to say it. Um, that I just can't control these aspects of my life, um, that I can run after them and search for them for however long, but I can't control them, they're out of my control. And it's the same for all of us. Um, and I can't place my hope and happiness in them because they're unreliable. Um, but what I can do is place my hope in, in my Father and His plans for me and to surrender my life to Him because He's better. Um, I really believe that. And that's the only way I'm going to find my life. Um, and so over the last few months, I've really been trying to do that. I've really been trying to, to lose my life to God. Um, and when I say that, I'm not throwing everything out the window. I'm not um, getting rid of my job, not ditching my friends or ditching my family as much as maybe sometimes they might want me to. Um, but I've just been just prayerfully trying to lay my life down to God. Um, 
just genuinely offering my hopes and my plans over to him. Um, and that's not easy. I, I'm not standing up here saying that I've smashed that, that I've got this. Um, that's a daily process because so easily our desires and our will for our lives creeps back in. Um, and so it's a daily, a daily basis just kind of saying that prayer and offering our plans to him because that's the only way I'm going to find my life. Um, and so another thing you should know about me is that I'm a massive nerd. Um, I love all things Marvel and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Star Wars a wee bit less, but we can talk about that later. Um, and yeah, I generally, and I think I came across a good ana analogy that really kind of worked in my mind from the latest Avengers movie, um, which sounds silly, but my mind works in nerd and Marvel, so that's how I think. Um, and unless you've been living under a rock, you will be aware that Avengers Endgame was released recently. And if you didn't know that, I apologize for just calling you some sort of key of troll. Um, but it was, and it was pretty massive. Um, it kind of was the end of like a culmination of 21, 22 movies. Um, so like, oh, it was so good, loved it. Um, but this whole storyline kind of rotates around these things called the Infinity Stones. Um, there's a wee picture for you just to get a wee. There they are. Um, and they're these like cosmic kind of gems, if you will, which control a certain aspect of existence, such as time or power or reality or mind, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so though these stones appear incredibly small, they are little tiny stones, they're incredibly powerful in the movies. Um, and throughout the movies, everyone's chasing these stones down. Everyone wants them because they want that power. Um, and but yeah, what you should know as well is that power isn't wielded easily. Um, it's like little tiny peasant people can't control them. If they touch them, they, they're consumed really, um, and they lose their lives. It doesn't go well, spoiler. Um, so there's only a few people in the galaxy that can touch them and control them. Um, and I just really felt like there was a link between those, go with me, that there was a link between those stones and the different aspects of my life that, um, that I was chasing down, that um, just like in the galaxy, everyone's chasing down these stones. I was chasing down you know, my, my job, my whatever, um, because I thought that would give me the power to kind of do what I wanted and to make myself happy. Um, yeah. And so for, yeah, for, for me, those infinity stones were my job or lack thereof, my reputation, my social circles, my relationship status, and I thought that would make me happy. Um, but putting our hope in those things it only leads to, to disappointment and, and death, really, um, as they did in the movies. Um, and yeah, they appear to be incredibly small aspects of our lives, like the wee stones, but actually they hold incredible power to, to consume us and and overtake us, and um, yeah, like when when hard times come, we can get good friends around us. As Caitlin was saying, like friends are so important, um, and God wants us to have good friends, and like um, they can help us through hard times. And there's another wee picture of the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, when they band together, the four of them, um, and they manage to hold the power of one of the stones as the four of them because they're kind of like they're together in it, um, but and they managed to defeat their enemy. Spoiler, sorry. Um, but, and we can do that with our friends. We can go through hard times together. We can support each other. And God wants that. He wants us to have a good group around us to help us through things. Um, but if they held on, held on any longer, it would have consumed them too. Um, and if we only kind of surrender to our friends and go through things with our friends, then we're going to get consumed. Um, we need to surrender 
to God because that's where we're gonna that's how we're gonna hold on. Um just lost my place, hang on. Um and so yeah, I just I feel like through this analogy, although silly, help me picture it. Um I just want to recognize that God is the only one who can wield the power of those of those stones and as and wield the power of our lives. Um if we hold on to control, we'll be consumed and we'll make a mess of things, let's be real. Um but only God has the power to shape our lives um, and bring those stones together, those different aspects of our lives, and make something beautiful rather than chaos. Um, okay, Marvel finished, sad times. Um, yeah, so what does this mean for us? Um, am I telling you to go out um, and ditch your jobs, ditch your family, ditch your lives? Not at all. Um, God gives us good gifts and he wants us to enjoy them. Um, but what I think we do need to do is go out and recognize them as gifts. Um, not as our right, not as things that we've earned, um, but to recognize them as, as as gifts that God has given us um, and surrender them to him. Oh, wait, there is another Marvel reference. Um, wait, what, what are the... My question is, as we go, what are the kind of infinity stones in your lives? Um, what are the things that you're chasing down? What are the things that you're holding on to? And just what's consuming you at the minute? Um, what are those things? In John 10.10... 10, um, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I, I truly believe that, um, that that experience of laying these things down will, will give us that life to the full when we begin to lay them down. So I really want to encourage you to start trying to do that. Um, because, yeah, I really think that when we lay them down, we'll find that he's better. Um, and I really think you'll find it to be a freeing process. Um, let's be real, life is hard. There's... Um, it feels a lot of pressure and responsibility. And so when we lay, lay these things down, I really feel like you'll find it to be freeing and giving Jesus control will be freeing. But it's not easy. So I think it's it's all right to be real with God about that and say that it's hard. Um, I think it's all right to say, God, you know, I really want this job. I really want to get married. I really want to have a family. Um, but I don't know how to lay these things down. Help me. Um, I think it's okay to say that. And, you know, when my desires begin to take control again, help me to remember that your plans for me are better. Um, and as we lay down our will, um, then we can, then, I don't know, oh, I lost my line. Um, yeah, then let, let's let God's will move in. Um, yeah, so I really just want to encourage you to pray over that, over the next few days and weeks, just to, to pray that prayer. Um, because I really do, I truly believe that as you lay those things down, You'll just you'll find that Jesus is so much sweeter. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs>